Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Poetry Super Highway Live. It's the September 2008 edition of our monthly open reading, and I'm thrilled to have you with me. I hope you're planning on calling in and reading poetry. Let's uh, let's share your poetry with the entire world. That's the beauty of this program. Anyone can listen, and anyone can call in from anywhere on the planet, perhaps even in outer space, so that's not a feature that they publicized with Blog Talk Radio, but it might be something that they're working on, or maybe you're just someone in outer space and you have the technology, even if it's not something that, uh, that's been uh, officially sanctioned by the Blog Talk Radio people. Regardless, welcome. Good to have you with me. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the person behind the Poetry Superhighway. Um, wanted to let you know that uh, many of you have entered our poetry contest, which has been running all summer, and if you haven't, the deadline to enter our contest is this Saturday, a week from yesterday, September 20th. Now, what that means is that um, your entry fees need to be postmarked by Saturday, September 20th, or if you're paying via, via PayPal the entry fee, it's a $1 per phone entry fee, that um, I need to receive that on September 20th via PayPal. And if you do that, you'll be entered into our contest which has 44 different sponsors. So, well, first of all, if you, if you win the contest, if you score in the top three places, uh, what's going to happen is 100% of the entry fees will be divided up between the top three winners. So the top winner will get 50% of all the money that was taken in. For example, if we get 500 poems in, um, which is an average number of what we've received in past years, then you would get 250 bucks first prize. And then... The second place winner gets 30% of all the entry fees taken in. The third place winner gets 20%. So all of the money goes not to me, but to uh, poetry, uh, to the, the three top winners. What do I get out of it? Nothing, except the satisfaction that uh, we've run a successful contest and that we've helped expose people to, uh, to as many other people's poetry as possible. But the really cool thing, and this is why you should enter, even if you don't score in the top three positions, even if you score last place, you're going to get a prize. We have 44 different sponsors who have offered to send all kinds of different things, poetry books, subscriptions to different things, photographs, there's all kinds of really cool things out there, e-books. Um, that uh, will be divided up between every single contest entrance. So even though we do definitely have winners and they win a big chunk of money, um, every person will get a prize um, of interest to poets and writers just for entering. So you really can't lose. It's only a dollar per poem entry. You can enter as many poems as you want. Some people enter one poem. Some people enter 20 poems. And there's, oh, 18 or so slots in between that you could choose from. Hell, enter 150 poems. I'm sure our judges would love that. Um, so that's it. So, But the main issue for today is our open reading. If you would like to read poetry, all you have to do is call in. You've got the number on your screen. It's 646-716-7362. 
Uh, now, some people get confused and listen to the show in the archive, the past shows, and they try to call in. Well, don't do that because it's not live unless it's live. So right now, if it is September 14, 2008, and it's between 2 and 3 o'clock Pacific time, then the show is actually happening. You're listening to my voice live from Van Nuys, California. If it's any other time, then uh, you're actually listening to a projection of my voice from the past. So don't call in unless, well, I guess maybe you you have the technology to reach the past, uh, in which case feel free to, but to only call in if it's, if it's that time otherwise. 646-716-7362. And uh, depending on how many callers we have at any given moment, uh, you'll definitely get to read one poem. We'll talk a little bit. Might get to read more than one poem if um, if people are too shy to call in and the uh, the numbers uh, the numbers aren't there on the screen, and that's how it works. We have no content or style restrictions. You could read anything you want about anything you want using as many naughty words as you want. Uh, uh, but for God's sake, have some dignity. If you're going to use a, a naughty word, you know, make it meaningful or or, or something. And that's it. Any questions? Okay, none. I see. Great. Well, we're going to get to our uh, first caller right now. Um, right now, we have a caller from the five six one area code on the line. Hello. Hello, hello, Rick. Hello. Is this uh, this is Martin, isn't it? Yes, it is. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Fine. Thanks for sending me the email to remind me about the reading tonight. I look forward to these uh, readings and hearing your voice. So it's uh, out of the wilderness to hear your voice. It's very, very nice on this Sunday afternoon, especially as Ike missed us, and uh, uh, we can relax a little bit. That's right. Now, as I recall, you're, you're calling from uh, Delray Beach, Florida, right? That's right, yes. Delray Beach. Well, so you, you escaped the weather. Yeah, we boarded up. Yes, we boarded up everything. We took all the in and all that, but, um, uh, but it, it missed us. Well, that's good to hear. Um, hopefully, the folks uh, over in Texas are, are doing doing okay um, uh, as well. But uh, glad that it didn't hit you, Martin. Yes, I spoke to some of my friends in Houston; they were safe, so that was a relief. Uh, Rick, I, I've written a poem. You know, um, Delray Beach. I would say the percentage of old people to young people must be about ninety to one. And uh, you see a lot of people. A lot of people you see one month and. A few months later, they're not around anymore. So I wrote a, I wrote a piece here called Old Faces. Uh, would you like me to read it now? Sure, go ahead. It's called Old Faces. You can enter this timeless arena of dying buildings and cluttered courtyards. Time hangs like a rotten apple, soon to fall on concrete slabs, supporting gray statues of bronze heroes. Old people, old faces, cracked driveways, stray mules live between the city walls of age and decay. The, tall, the torn buildings are living mausoleums, and age bears forward to rusty gates that's once led to brightness and rejuvenation, and a new coat of paint still showing palm prints. I look to the sinking buildings and the pallid buried inhabitants mummified in hospital bandages and cracked nails and one smiles are smeared with oil, to preserve them in another world. The rent paid in advance is the nephew's legacies. At the month's ending, all that remains in a cash receipt are photos of ochre faces and old men comforting decaying walls and lame cats. 
The reflections in the hidden darkened rooms await new seers and young rock, rock crushes, and the frightened buildings slowly die, bearing crumbling foundations next to the graves of old men and old faces. That's it. Very nice, Martin. So let me ask you a question. Do you consider yourself an old person or a young person? I'm, well, I, I regard myself as a, as a young old person. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was born I think long long before you, uh, Rick. Uh, what year awesome. were you born? What year were you Nin born? 1968. Oh my God! I, you I was 40 years old when you were born, Rick. Wow. Well, um, you sound remarkably uh, remarkably good for your um, for your old young age. Yes. Well, I yes. Well, I. Got a good attitude in life, you know. I think positively. I like talking to people like yourself. I, you know, I like to have a laugh. And um, I always say to myself, in the jungle, the lion doesn't say, "Oh, I don't feel so good today. I'm getting on in age." The lion doesn't know age. It's how you feel. So that's the way I think. Uh, age is only a man's invention. One one thirty-year-old could be fifty, and one thirty-year-old could be twenty-five. So. I don't think age comes into it. I've written a few pieces about that, but uh, it's how you feel, your attitude to life, your reading, uh, your you know your uh, environment, and um, enthusiasm. I think that's the main thing for writing, and you have to you have to enjoy your writing. I don't think one has to write poetry for the sake of it. I think you write it as the servant up from up above brings you down the words, and you put them into place. That's the way I look at it. That's great. Well, it's a great uh, philosophy to live by, and I certainly certainly agree with it. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just about to turn 40 myself, and most people, when they see me, don't believe I'm much older than my late 20s. So I guess it really is kind of an attitude, and you know, you're only really as old as you as you you let yourself be. So um, sounds good to me. Yes. Well, you're an enthusiastic person. I can hear how you get into things, and you 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 give a feeling of uh, of well, you know, welcome. And I can hear you've got a very young attitude. Look, just keep it up. That's that's the way. Just keep it up and say to yourself, well, that's, I'm not going to get old. That's so what want, I'm trying to I, I want, I'm about. You know, I want you to get old. <laughs> not getting old means you won't be around. What I mean is, uh, uh, like, I've got a couple of bruises on my leg, and the surgeon, a surgeon said to me, oh, well, well, that's old age. I said, yes, but I haven't been old before. How would I know? So that's that's my lookout for that. Well, there you go, Martin. Thanks thanks so much for calling in again, and uh, good to hear your voice as always. Thanks, and thanks for giving me this time, and I appreciate that. Thanks, Rick. No problem. All the that was Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was um, Martin Steele calling from Delray Beach, Florida. Recognized his voice because it's so distinctive, and he's been a, a regular caller here on Poetry Superhighway Live, which is, uh, which is fantastic. Um, uh, may all of you be regular callers. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stay young, um, though we're about to have a baby, my wife and I, and it's our first, so I understand um, I'll probably never be sleeping again, and um, uh, that may have an aging effect, but um, who knows uh, what will happen. So uh, anyway, moving along, uh, again, uh, call in number 646-716-7362, call in and read your poetry. Uh, moving along right now to a caller from the 805 area code. Hello. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Who am I talking yeah, to? My, yeah, my name is Mark Ladwig. I'm from uh, Central Coast of California. I'm not too far uh -huh. from you. How you doing, Mark? 
Good, good, very good. Cool. I, have you called in before? I have. I think two months ago I called back. Called back into you about two months ago, I think. I missed the last show because I was in Guatemala. Well, you know you can call in from Guatemala. I know, I know I can, but I was pretty remote. I'm just, you know, one of the one of the great features of the show is that you can access it from anywhere in the world. So next time, Mark, you know, we we want poems from the midst of the of Guatemala. Well, you know, I I did write some from I I wrote a couple of pretty good poems I thought from Guatemala I did but uh, but I've written some since too so you know and uh, I think the last time that I that I, wrote, I, I called in I read something from uh, uh, the book that I had written um, uh, I wrote a book called Odysseus the Epic Myth of the Hero right, and it's a yeah, it's a it's a a novel link. I'll put the link in there. I, uh, I don't really necessarily want to read something from there because I think I wrote too, uh, a kind of a topical poem here. Uh, but um, um, yeah, but I'll leave the link in the chat room in case anybody's interested. Okay. Yeah. You know, I I, sh I would mention that one another cool thing about this the show is that anyone can listen to archived shows. So it sounds like that was the July show. So if you're on the Blog Talk Radio page, don't do yeah. it now because you're listening to this show. But you can. You can listen to any of the past shows that we've done, all, all of the open readings. We've been doing it for a year now. There's a couple of special shows you can listen to where we you know, talk with our currently running contest judges. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to actually announce the, the winners of our contest. They haven't been picked yet, but, uh, but we'll be uh, you know, announcing those live in, in, a, in another Blog Talk Radio event. And uh, so, uh, so listen to Mark's... Uh, uh, Nouveau Odysseus, uh, if you will, um, in the July uh, segment, and as well as the other, all the other people who read them, and all the other segments. I see you just put the, uh, the link in the uh, in the chat room as well. I, I should mention yes, that. Um, um, so you know, if if you're listening to the show, you can also click on the chat room, and people are in there, and you can talk to each other and post links and all that kind of thing. And and uh, by the way, if you're if you're nervous about calling in or whatever, and you don't want to post in the chat room, you can. Also send me an instant message at Rick Poet. That's my screen name for uh, AOL for AIM. So feel free to do that. I'm in separate. So, uh, Mark, enough about me. Um, let's hear your new poem. Okay, this one is uh, inspired by the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, I can't help it. I'm into physics. I can't claim I understand it. I, I do not claim that. But you know, I love to dabble. And uh, anyway, here's what I wrote about the Large Hadron Collider, which is that, that big um, atom smasher in Switzerland, 17-mile uh, oval under the Earth that uh, a, a photon of life can, uh, light can travel around uh, uh, 11,225 times in one second at 99.9% uh, 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 of the speed of light. Anyway, um, here's the poem. Here's the poem. The greatest wizard of all fantasy once claimed that when you break a thing in hopes to understand it, you have left the path of wisdom. We are bold apprentices of nature, smashing bits to tease a truth from mysteries exploding out of clouds. But if you were a stranger to this world and never knew the grace of music played, and walked the blackened streets of lonely night, recording every strange new lovely sound. 
You'd never guess the grand piano pushed from high up on a roof by vandals could, just from the crash below, make music sweet as Bach rejoicing in a prayer to God. Mm, very nice. Um, that's, that's a much nicer uh, uh, way to look at it than the world is going to be destroyed when they turn it on. I don't think that can happen from my limited understanding of things, okay? I, I don't think that's possible. They say that the kind of collisions that are going to happen there happen with protons up in the uh, up up above our atmosphere all the time. So, you know, if if they're telling the truth, anyway, if if it ends, we won't know it. It'll just end and we'll all go together. So, you know, I don't think a slow thing where, you know, it'll come on the news, the world will be ending. I, I, I have no idea, Rick. Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I don't worry about things like that because, you know, if the world goes, I don't want to be around anyway, you know. So I don't know. I don't honestly know. Yeah. So, uh, it'd be a lonely place without the world. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm completely... Uh, I'm completely tied up. My fate is completely tied up with this place. So um, I, I, it just doesn't sound right to me, though. You know, I, I think the world is more resilient than those kind of things. I don't think. Uh, I don't think so. But you know, who knows? Who knows? I don't think so. Well, me neither. And, and they, they keep talking about these little, you know, micro black holes that might be created that we could all get sucked into. And all I know from black holes is what I see in science fiction programs. And you know, it just seems like things get sucked in and. They don't come out, but maybe there's something really cool on the other side that we'd all get to experience. Yeah, who knows? And, and anyway, um, uh, I think um, I think Hawking's talks about this in one of his books that he says there's a theoretical limit to the size of things because the smaller things get, the more energy, the more energy, the more gravity. So if they if they get beyond a certain smallness, they're going to create black holes anyway. If that makes any sense, I mean, if you read uh, a brief history of time, he says there's a limit to the size of of things because of that. You know, it just doesn't keep getting smaller, 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 smaller. I don't know though. Who knows? Right. That's, that's yeah. why I don't like those small dogs. Yeah, me too. I got a small dog. I got a Chihuahua. I have a small blind Chihuahua. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Hopefully, he won't uh, turn into a black hole. So keep feeding him. Yeah. Hey, I got another one that's about that long, very short, but I just wrote this because I got kind of angry with some people. A little bit different thing. I got a little bit angry with some people, and uh, this is a very short one too, but this is the last one that I I wrote. I'm a high school teacher, okay? I teach Spanish in high school. I deal with a lot of young people, and I was a pretty wild and willy young person myself. And so this is this is a poem from from that perspective, you know, uh, the old people dealing with the young and the young having to deal with the old. And so anyway, this is uh, this is there's a little bitterness to this poem, but anyway, I, I'm I I kind of like it. So if I could give it a, a, a try here, this one's called uh, this one's called Young Devils Who'd Be Gods. His mother cried nine months alone until she bled him out and died before he reached her breast. She, he grew with strangers passing him floor to floor, all budding tears kicked dry. The muscle in his chest pumped bile for schemes and playgrounds, left ambitious knuckles skinned. His teeth grew chipped and jagged with revenge that sought to be ground zero for a plague. 
He only held destruction holy in the constant ache between his ringing ears. He claimed achievement of his appetites, his education, hazarding it all upon a single self-made gamble that young devils who'd be gods must kill old gods. <clears throat> That's nice. Um, do, do you think that um, do you think that as youngins should get together and, and, and kill our last caller? Well, the thing of it is, if they do that, then they just become the authority and somebody's going to do it to them. No, I, I think respect for the past is an integral part of good education. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean an unthinking respect for the past, but recognizing right. what's good about the past and recognizing, you know, what the past is. But just to, just to throw it out of, you know, I've taught a lot of Chinese students, and, and uh, I don't know any, out of all the Chinese people that I've taught English, English is second language, some of them are just appalled by the Cultural Revolution. They feel so, they feel so at sea about life and who they are and what, what it means to be Chinese, and you know, you know what I'm saying? And they tried to wash free the past and start things all over again. And I think that's what the you know that's what that's one of the ultimate effects there. It just it just doesn't work. You're not you can't escape your past. And um, there's a lot of disrespect for stuff that came you know that went before. And you know what really this you know, <laughs> what really the inspiration for this poem was uh, um, uh, metrical poetry versus quote unquote modern poetry because this poem is very metrical. Both the pieces that I read you are very metrical. And it's, it's my contention that metrical language can be used quite effectively for absolutely modern themes. I think that both of the poems that I wrote are extremely modern. And they're metrical. And while rhymes, rhyme schemes, you know, I personally love rhyme schemes, but I can't get anybody to respect them, okay? Uh, I, I can't I get many to be honest, I have, a, I have a little bit of a hard time with them myself sometimes. I mean, a, a rhyming poem has to be done really well for me to, yeah. for me to enjoy it and not, you know, yeah. to really be, be distracted by, by the obvious rhymes which come around in a lot of poems. But, Mark, I'm going right. to wanna let you go because I've, I've got a bunch of other callers on the hey, line. Hey, you bet. And I, thanks for letting me be on. I surely appreciate it. And I'll call back again. All the best to you. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. That was bye. That was Mark uh, Ledwig from uh, Central Coast of California, a repeat caller. Didn't call in last month because he was in Guatemala. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening from Guatemala, I'd like you to, to call in and, and prove that it can be done and, uh, and, uh, and share your poetry as well. Um, the number to call in to share your poetry is 646-716-7362. You probably picked this up by now if you're a new caller, but I... Generally, I see your phone number in my little switchboard, and I announce uh, the area code of, of who's calling in, so that way you know it's you. A couple times, if you use the click to call button, or sometimes if your caller ID is blocked, I get just a bunch of ones, so I, I might just say, hey, who's there? And you'll have to um, speak up, and if it's you talking, I'll hear you, and et cetera, and we'll, we'll move on. It's not, per se, the most personal way to introduce you, but uh, that's what we have. Um, so moving right along, uh, we have a caller on the air now from the 614 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi. This is Nicole uh, Nicholson. I called in last month. Hi, Nicole. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Uh, we've got some high winds, and uh, my power keeps going on and off, so I'm having to dial in this month. Well, that's, that's pretty old school. 
Yeah, I know. I was going to try the. I was going to try using my laptop and uh, going through the microphone, but well, I guess Mother Nature just wasn't going to have it happen today. It's interesting. I'd be I'd be interested to know from other other folks uh, what success you've had with it because it's again I'm, I, I mentioned this in the chat room, but I I'm on a Mac and I haven't uh, they, that feature isn't available for Mac users, um, which I think is a, a, a plot of some sort of evil against us, but. Uh, uh, you know, it seems like it's uh, you know save the toll call and just click and, and talk sounds sounds pretty easy. But um, anyway, glad you're in now. Where, where are you calling from again, Nicole? I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And you're you're having high winds. Yeah, we're having high winds. Don't know if there's going to be rain following that or not, but we've got some pretty high winds and uh, our power's out right now, actually. So I'm on my cell phone. Oh wow. Well, I also am hosting the show via my cell phone, so uh, thank God for unlimited uh, weekends. Oh, yeah. So, Nicole, you have something to read? Actually, yes. I was going to ask, um, are we going to be reading one or two, or what's the deal uh, today? Well, you know, generally I, I say one. Um, Mark kind of slipped another one in there without me uh, being able to stop him, but it's early enough in the show, and I, I've got a couple more callers in, so we could probably get two from, from folks at this point. Um, uh, so, you know, it just depends on how many callers are in at the moment that you finish. The, if I kind of look at my switchboard and if I see 30 more callers, I, I kind of move on after the first one. But uh, let's hear your first one and see what happens. Uh, well, okay. I'm just going to do the first one then now. And I guess if uh, there's room, then I'd like to do a second one later. Uh, this first one, um, I I think I may have mentioned this last time, but I participate in um, readwritepoem.org. Uh, every week there's a different prompt um, to help uh, writers and poets uh, write new material. And a couple weeks ago it was Catch Some Words. And I had actually been reading a book of uh, Jim Morrison's poetry, and I happened to catch two lines um, that ended up in their song Peace Frog. Um, I think the lines go something like, um, ghosts, oh goodness, I can't even remember it. Indians scattered on a dawn's highway, ghosts crowd the young child's fragile eggshell mind. So I took those two lines and I wrote the following, and it's called Nightmare. You were five. This was when they still called you Jimmy. You saw them scattered on the highway, standing outside broken and smashed trucks, some weeping, some bleeding. You begged your parents to help them do something. They called the police and an ambulance. But you kept pleading, perhaps for the souls scattered and shattered before your eyes, perhaps for yourself, or perhaps for both. Do something. Frustrated, worn out, and perhaps exasperated, your father then told you that what you had just seen was a dream, a nightmare even. So you took that nightmare and you buried it in your skin, buried it in your soul. You took that nightmare and spun it in the tails, showed us the faces of your nightmare. Some of us understood, some of us did not. Either way, your life became a rich, elaborate nightmare that exhausted your mind and body. And you projected that nightmare into the skies and into your words. 
And one night, you collapsed under the weight of that nightmare with only a bathtub filled with a few inches of lukewarm water to catch you when you fell. When you fell, the earth fell with you. And we can still feel her shaking. And that's Nicole, it. Nicole, uh, the way you read that poem, I'm quite confident you were the cause of the high winds in Columbus. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Well done. You know, Peace Frog, that's actually one of my favorite Doors songs. Uh, it doesn't get as much play as, as uh, other music by the Doors, but I just posted a link to a YouTube video of that song in the chat room, which can people, people can check out if they want. Very cool song. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Again, the high winds. <laughs> uh, what, what I said was um, uh, the Doors, Peace Frog is one of my favorite Doors songs. Yeah, I found that part. And I just posted a video of the Doors doing that song in the chat room. There is a link to a video on YouTube. So, oh! So, I am so um, sorry. Oh, no, no, no problem. No need to apologize. But um, uh, we're glad that you're braving the hurricane to call in. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll see how much longer I can stay on. I mean, I've got my cell phone and everything. So um, I'll be excited to hear what everybody else has got going. Cool. So let's hear. Um, let's hear your other poem. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Um, this one is uh, from my chat book. I have a chat book out, and if you go to ravenswingpoetry.com, you'll be able to see uh, the chat book, and you'll actually be able to buy it from there. Um, the chat book is called Raven Feathers, and this poem is the last one in there, or second to last. It's called I Believe. I believe in truth, in beauty. In liberty and in love, I believe in you, in me, in him, in her, in them, in the strength of the human spirit and heart. I believe that a supreme being does exist and that he, she, or it is waiting for us to make the first move because he, she, it is not a dus ex machina. I believe that we are not movie screens and that we can stop projecting movies of ugliness onto each other while lovers of dark drama sit as spectators and eat popcorn while we destroy each other over the color of our skins, the tribe or nation to which we belong, the name of the deity that we call out to in prayer, the gender of the people we link our lives to in love, the ideologies we idolize and align our hearts with, and the amount of money in our pockets. I believe that we can indeed put away our bombs, our guns, knives, missiles, swords, lab-created pathological weapons, and that we can stop taking life and instead save it. I believe that life is what you make it, and it is as beautiful or as ugly as you choose. I believe that love conquers all. I believe in standing tall and reaching up to the sky and grabbing the sun by the hand and like a lamp adjusting the direction of its rays to make them shine on you if others have occluded those golden rays from shining on you in the first place. I believe that y'all might think I'm naive, but that doesn't matter. I still believe. Destroying each other over popcorn. Now, is that the appropriate uh, food for that activity? 
I don't think so, but I think just we become we become spectators in the society to all sorts of ugly behavior, and I think people just don't even give it a second thought anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. Makes sense, you know. Uh, makes sense to me. Well, thanks for uh, sharing both of your poems, Nicole. Well, you're welcome, and uh, I'll be listening in to see what everybody else has got going. I've, I'm hearing some really good stuff here. Great. Well, uh, someone in the chat room just said that was great. So you've got uh, you know two of us now on board with you. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you again. No problem. All right. Uh, um, please call in again, Nicole, and good luck uh, uh, weathering the storm uh, in Columbus. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. That was uh, Nicole uh, Nicholson calling from Columbus, Ohio. I just posted the link to her website in the uh, chat room, which is uh, ravenswingpoetry.com. So you can check out more from her um, and, and pick up her chapbook there if you want. Um, please call in. We're, we're just halfway through the show. I've got two callers on the line. We're going to get to you in the order that you called in. Um, but we've got plenty of room for uh, other callers for uh, the rest of this hour. The number is 646-716-7362. Um, if, you've never call, if you've never called in before, if you've never read your poetry in front of anyone before, um, it, this is a great opportunity to do it. Um, you know, essentially, you're just talking to me um, with potentially a lot of people listening and, and, and certainly archived later in the, in, the chat, in, the, uh, in the archives as well. So you can go back and listen to it and hear how you sound. And it's a, a good experience. So it's a good way to expose your poetry to, uh, to other folks. So um, we uh, are going to move right along. So um, let's see, the next two callers, um, I don't see a phone number. I just see a bunch of ones. So I'm not sure uh, how to identify you. So if you're waiting on hold, please say hello. Hello, is that you, uh, Rick? Is, is, is are you hearing me, Nick Messenger from New Zealand? Yes, Nick, I hear you. Yeah, Hopefully okay, that's good. Yeah, um, we're uh, in a small town on the uh, on the coast of the south of New Zealand, a little bit of um, well, between a, a log-strewn beach and snow-capped mountains. Although the uh, the snow is beginning to wash away with our spring rain now, and we have blossom in our gardens. Wow, and tell me the name of your uh, your town again. Hokitika, it's called. Hokitika, it's on the west coast of the South Island of New Zealand. What New Zealanders call the coast. It's the authentic older part of New Zealand, I guess. Wow, that's exciting. We don't get many callers from out of the states, and you know, possibly because of the time difference or, or whatever. But uh, you know, one of the cool things about the show is anyone can call in from anywhere. Are you are you on the phone or are you using the uh, click? Yes, I'm on a handheld telephone. Although okay. when listening to your last caller who's doing it by a cell phone, I remember that my first telephone in New Zealand had a crank handle and a woman who asked, number please, and my telephone number was 5. You could call me from anywhere in the world at Kerry Kerry 5. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, um, am. so you have a poem to share? Yes, indeed. Yes, I have a, a poem uh, about, in, about history in a way. Um, and it's a, it's a recitation piece. I'll, I'll read it. It's called While Beauty Sleeps. The um, sleeping beauty idea. While Beauty Sleeps. At 10 a.m., the dead of day, the ballroom quiet. Looking glasses, are you now the only ones awake? The thicket ramparts sound. The long spell snores. 
The maggots make the meat creep from the limp maid's chopping board. Who is not asleep? The armor stands, some empty, some warm, sighing with steady breathing like a seashell. There is adequate defense. Invasion will not rattle one of them. Some sleep on their hunger in the fruit, whose ripeness in the nostril cloys with dream their sluggard feast. The surfeit of the century will teach them abstinence who wake among the rinds. Some are slumbering in mid-obscenity to stir at last to their own wakened voice, to ask themselves if what they almost said is worth a breath drawn to complete. Some, instilled frivolity, outsleep their mortal butts, the temporary patois of their courts, to round a sally fatuously in gibberish, the jokes behind their dreaming leers cavort. Some, as if their hands were spiders, lie entangled in their looms. The patterns fade, the weaves become impossible, and as they struggle in their sleep, cocoons. Some wallow in the tubs of dirty clothing, while the suds scum and the shirts in slime grow green. They wheeze like swamp frogs all the dank of decades, and by waking day are inapproachable. The sleeping doctor bleeds his patient for a hundred years. The stone forms in the alchemist's retort and redissolves. The tutor's theory is disproved before he ends the class. The prayer is in a dying language when the monk is roused. The waiting bridegroom on the wall is constant, crumpled, with his eyes closed on the view, to wake drenched with a cold, a different sunset, and a new successful suitor in the damsel's room. And just this insolent is on his feet, suspended in so much inanimation, but without the sense to try the ill-shaved kiss, or prince enough to break a beauty's trance. For he would nap away the century as well, but every twelve hours, wakeness teases him. To them, to kings as much as urchins, is the calm of neither knowing years that pass nor come. From day to day to loll and see, nothing delightful as the fountains fiddling in their sleep. The secret walks where ferns sip mirrors, and the stretch of lawns where children ring their dreams. Very nice, Nick. Very nice. I, I love that line, uh, uh, slumbering in mid-obscenity. That was, uh, I was trying to imagine what was going on there. It was a wonderful, great piece. <laughs> yes, it's a bit of um, you know, a, a viewpoint. It's quite a, a, a poem I wrote some, well, rather many years ago, but a poem um, kind of trying to be an overview, really, of, of a cultural process. I was listening earlier on to what uh, the previous caller said about the... Um, the cyclotron, the, the, the great experiment. Um, and what strikes me about that, of course, is that um, the, the greatest parallel in, in culture to those kinds of experiments um, would be the uh, Gothic cathedral, which reputedly took um, 
hundreds of years and all the resources of complete cultures to produce and was carried out by hundreds, in fact, thousands of anonymous craftsmen who worked in fabulous detail. Um, and when some subsequent culture in a thousand years looks back on us, they will see those as our great cathedrals. Mm, interesting. Uh, assuming the planet isn't destroyed. Uh, yes, I don't think that. I think that the, the pursuit of tinier and tinier pieces of knowledge, um, because we look down such un unimaginable microscopes to see them, they become monsters. They seem huge to us. It's very easy to forget that we're talking about pieces so tiny that billions of them exist in a drop of water. Um, that they could, that their little universes could be born and wink out, and in fact are born and wink out in fractions of time that we cannot conceive of because they're so small. We're full of them. They're, they're little universes are being destroyed and created every minute. So it just right. doesn't have anything to do with, with, our, um, with our material survival, if you like. Well, let's hope not. Uh, Mark, that was a great piece. Do you, do you have a shorter one that you, you want to share? I do, yes, you? I could. Yes, I'll read a shorter piece. Uh, they sort of... Uh, this one goes back. This was published first published in the New Zealand magazine Landfall in 1978. It's a, it's a children poem, but it's a, very much a poem for reading out. It's called Chestnut Picking. Come down to the little forest universe of stump crag glens of moss and lichen, painted autumn toadstools crowding every color wonder cries to itemize, and puffballs bubbling in their hides like green rhinoceri. Pins in your fingers, come and pry for the polished woods of chestnuts scattered roll on the beds of leaves, or in velvet wombs they gleam from their spiny chrysalis. Come as the twilight draws in badger holes like wells of winking water, and the hands of thin sticks clench to clasp the sky, with the talking colored children gather home to roast your harvest on the bath-time fire. Nice, very nice. Um, so Nick, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you called in because I wanted to mention to people that you were a recent featured poet of the week on the Poetry Superhighway. Um, if you want to hear more from Nick, you can uh, click on Past Poets of the Week from the main Poetry Superhighway uh, page. And he's about four links down right now, the week of August 18th through 24th. And he has a work up there with another poet named Steve DeFrance as well. So you can definitely uh, expose yourself to more of uh, Nicholas Messenger's work. Nick, um, so you've been publishing stuff. Do you, do you participate in any live readings in New Zealand? Is there, there that kind of community there? Yes. Um, in the, the larger towns, there are uh, poetry circles. Um, in fact, even in the small towns, you stumble into small poetry groups. I stumbled into one in a, in a pub in a remote village just this last summer and found myself surrounded by all the poets that there are who come off the farms and out of the mountain huts and, and, uh, and stand in a local pub to, to read their poems. It's, it's quite extraordinary the size of the, I, I was going to say poetic community, but it's they're almost too isolated to be a community. The poetic impetus that, that is spread, the ripples of poetry that run through our culture in every tiny little remote corner. And you see everybody everybody represented they're all the different kinds same sort of voices i'm hearing on your radio now i heard in a remote pub in in new zealand 
Well, we'll have to ask all our callers from this point on if they've been to that remote pub. Uh, do, do you? Uh, is there anything going on in, in uh, going on in Hokitika? Um, no, we don't have an active um, poetry circle here at the moment. I mean, we're a small town of two and a half thousand souls, right? I guess it would be called a village in most parts of the world. Um, the right. nearest town, uh, which has quite an active um, poetry circle and, and, and a lot of activities, um, is Christchurch over the mountains. It's sort of four hours away from us over there, and that's uh, sort of the, the large city of the north of the South Island. And there's lots of things going on there. And, and in fact, the Landfall magazine, which I referred, which is principal New Zealand poetry magazine, was published there for many years. So um, we're a provincial society, I guess. Well, it sounds like uh, uh, you're a good society if you have you in the midst of it writing poetry. So, um, Nick, I, I appreciate you calling in. Um, I guess it's morning for you there. Um, it I, is, yes. I start, yeah, I, hard for me to get up in the morning and, and start uh, reading poetry across the world, but uh, kudos to you for doing so. And thank well, you. thank you very much. I've, I've really enjoyed this, and I shall certainly try and make an effort to do this again sometime. Please do. We, we do this every month, um, and the announcements go out on the, uh, on the, on the uh, Poetry Superhighway email list, and we'd love to hear your work, more of your work. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That was uh, Nicholas Messenger calling from Hokitika, New Zealand, our first caller ever from, from New Zealand. Uh, uh, great to hear uh, your work, Nick. Again, you can uh, check out more of his work on the Poetry Superhighway by clicking on Past Poets of the Week. He's uh, four links down, week of August 18th through 24th. So on to the rest of your work. Uh, again, if you want to call in and see if we can get you in uh, during the 15 minutes we have left, the number is 646-716-7362. Uh, please call in and share your poetry. I have another caller uh, on the line where um, I can't speak the number, so um, please uh, speak up if you're waiting on the rest of your work. Uh, again, if you want to call in and uh, right, I can hear you in the background. You're listening to your computer really loud. You have to listen on the phone because um, there's a delay on the computer. Another caller uh, on the line where um, I can't see the numbers, so um, please uh, speak up if you're waiting. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? I'm good. Who's this? Uh, it's Alex Shorney calling from Sault Ste. Marie. Oh, hey, Alex. Good to hear your voice again. Uh, it's good to hear yours again, too, Rick. Um, so, Sault Ste. Marie, uh, tell me the state again? No, province, Ontario. Oh, of course. Um, I'm so state-centric here. Um, forgive me. Um, and I apologize to the entire nation of Canada as well for anything I've ever done or said, which may be offensive. Um, how's everything up there, Alex? Everything is fine. The leaves are starting to turn color, and uh, it's just like a uh, rainbow here in the uh, out in the forest and stuff like that. So it's a really cool time of year. Does it get very cold at this point? Or take a no, while? not yet. It still gets up every day, usually about 65, 70 degrees right now. Okay. Great. So uh, what do you got for us? My parents, Rick, uh, one week from now, they're going to be celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary. And I have written a poem in to honor their, uh, their time together and their spirituality and their love. Great. And it is called Just Because, and it goes like this, Rick. Um, 
Just because each morning I find you in my arms, I have in your presence a happiness which has flourished. Just because you are near, I ask for nothing more. With you I have everything. Dreams to us have been granted. Just because I like to hear your voice, to me is like an angel's. My soul feels light as a feather, as if we were floating on clouds. Just because the world's a nicer place, knowing that you are in it, comforts me to no end, as life with you is infinite. Just because there are challenges, but I know each day I have you to listen, gives me the strength to endure any storm. Just because you are you, I have less reason to worry. I know my back is covered as you are loyal and honest. Just because when I cry, you are there to wipe away my tears, to tell me I'm not alone. For this, I am eternally grateful. Just because I'm a better person, having you rubbing off on me, I feel like an enchanted stone or a flame with its embers constantly rekindled. Just because you are wonderful, with me you've been patient. You know the magic words as please and thank you have made us humble. Just because each night before I gently close my eyes, you whisper in my ear words of love that encompass me in my sleep. Alex, that's so great. 60 years. I mean, I, I would bet, not everyone, but that's, that's longer than most everyone listening to this program have been alive. That's it, it, it's a very long time, Rick, and I mean, you don't see too many more couples out there lasting. I've seen maybe on on the outside, maybe a couple lasting 65, 70, but not much beyond that. You'd have to get married very, 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 very early in life in your early teens in order to accomplish that. And you have to live a very long time. You know, that's that's amazing. What a, what an extraordinary thing to have two people uh, share so much of their, their lives together, and it's still going on. That's, that's great. It's still going on, Rick. At 82 years old for both of them, it's still going on, so it's wonderful. Wow, and how, how great that you wrote a, a tribute to, uh, to them as well. Um, Alex, I'm coming up to the end of the show, and I've got a couple more callers, so I want to try to squeeze everyone in, but I appreciate you calling back and sharing sure, your Rick. Thank you. Thanks a lot, and call again. I will. Thank you very much. All right, that was uh, Alex Cherney calling from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, um, a repeat caller. Um, I've got two more callers on the uh, on the line here. I've got one from the 514 area code and the 410 area code. We're going to try to get, get to both of your poems and a little conversation um, in the remaining uh, minutes that we have. So we're going to start first with the caller from the 514 area code. Hello. Hello. Uh, my, my name is Michaela Seffler. I'm a poet from Montreal, Canada. I'm enjoying your show. Um, I have, uh, I'm a mystical poet. I have uh, six published books of poetry. And I'd like to read from my sixth book, like a poem or two. Okay. Um, okay. That sounds great, Michaela. Um, so let me just mention that the, the other caller dropped off the line, so um, I want to give out the phone number one more time just so we can uh, have a chance for another person. So the number is 646-716-7362. Um, call in during the last few minutes of the show. Uh, gosh, when I say that, it kind of sounds like a telephone. I'm not, I don't want your money. 
uh, uh, but I do want your poetry, so call in and share it. And Michaela would love to hear your uh, poem. Let's hear it. Wonderful. Okay, this poem is called A Dove. A dove, a symbol of peace, wisdom of the awaiting, a messenger of purity and new beginnings. The dear, swift and graceful aspirations of the life of the soul. The crow, a symbol of foretold destinies, darkness before creation, known realities awaiting changes. The phoenix, a celestial ruler, regeneration from within. It's short, but it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's mystical poetry. I kind of try to, to relate higher concepts in a few words. So I have one more poem. It's called Begotten. Okay. To obtain... Can I read it? Sure. Yeah. To obtain that which is longed for, distinctness and uniqueness, intentionality and expression of the soul, achieved finally. To succeed and to solve, to resolve humbly, scales of justice and judgment returning. A light shines on a matter that is hidden. In union, life is begotten. A new day, new beginnings, closer in ability are body and soul. New steps unified, a whole giving of itself. Very nice, uh, Michaela. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, really quickly, what, when you say mystical poetry, uh, you said trying to you know, uh, uh, express a higher consciousness through your work. Is, is that how you would define mystical poetry? Or, or, um, well, I have a few tag names for my poetry, mystical, esoteric, and metaphysical. I find that different people relate to these uh, words, but I think they're all um, pertaining to a higher consciousness rooted in, in, in this world through um, things that exist, like the elements and people and uh, even what people do and organize and create themselves. So and the whole realm of poetry kind of, kind of comes together uh, as consciousness rooted in, in the world, in creation. Great. Well, do you have a, a website or anything people can Yes, I do. Um, uh, should I tell it to you now or should I send you an email? Yeah, go ahead. Tell it. It's uh, M. Seffler, uh, like M as in Mary, S as in Sam, E as in Eric, F as in Frank, L as in Lauren, E as in Eric, R, that's my name, M. Seffler, dash inspiration.net. Mseffler-inspiration.net. Yeah. Okay, great. I just posted that in the in the chat room as well, in case anyone wants to click there and check it out. Well, thanks for calling in, Michaela. Great to hear your work. Thank you so much. Good and, luck uh, with your work. Thank you so much. You too. Bye bye. That was bye. That was Michaela Seffler reading her mystical poetry uh, from Montreal, Canada. Two callers in a row from Canada. There's always a there was a worry from the states. You know, the Canadians are banding together and could at any moment uh, cross the border and, and take over. So, uh, But that's okay. You sounded like nice Canadians, and um, I think we're all going to be fine. Um, so let's see. Um, I think we can squeeze in one more caller here. It looks like I've got um, spazzed out online. Are you there, spazzed out? No. All right. Maybe you're using the uh, click to talk function and uh, your microphone isn't working. I see you in the um, in the uh, switchboard, but I don't, uh, I can't hear your voice right now, so maybe uh, something has gone awry. Well, in the last couple minutes, if, if someone wants to call in, I'd love to hear 
the phone for me is 646-716-7362. And uh, otherwise, uh, let me just remind you that um, we are in the last week, the very last week of our poetry contest. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Um, One dollar per poem entry fee. You can enter as many poems as you want. Um, we've had uh, over five, I'm sorry, over 400 poems uh, entered so far. Actually, I'm sorry, it's been more than 400 that have been entered, but we've had 400 paid entries, meaning four people have entered, 400 people have entered their poems and paid their entry fee, because that's what, uh, when the entry fee comes in, that's when they're officially entered, even if you've emailed your poems already ahead of time. Um, uh, and that's when I send them off to the judges, which means that all of that money will be divided up between the top three scoring poets. Um, you can read information about our three judges by clicking on 2008 contest from the Maine Poetry Superhighway menu. They've been working really, really hard. You know, we a lot of poems come in at the beginning of the contest, and they kind of come in sporadically throughout the middle. But at the end of the contest, it's just pretty much nonstop, lots and lots of poems coming in. So imagine if you were a contest judge and you're getting 20, 30 new poems every day to, uh, to read and score and get back so that way they don't pile up. Well, that's what they're doing. It's a lot of work, and I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate uh, how much work that they've done um, and will continue to do throughout the contest. So the deadline is this coming Saturday. If you want to enter, if you want a chance at winning one of the top three positions and getting your uh, your you know third of the uh, entry fees that are taken in. You got to get your poems into me by Saturday and your entry fee um, also has to either be postmarked by Saturday if you're mailing it or if you're sending it via PayPal. It has to be on actually the date of September 20th. Um, if it comes in on the next day or if I get your um, via PayPal or if I get your entry fee and it's postmarked on the, on, on, uh, the day after that or the next mailing day, I guess, would be the uh, Monday. Um, your poems will not be uh, entered because it's uh, not fair to everyone else and not fair to the judges as well. And it's, uh, you know, we have to have to cut you off at, at some point. So um, that is how our contest works. Um, and um, let me mention to you who the judges are as well, because they've been doing so much work. Um, they are, um, by the way, the judges, the way I pick the contest judges, in case uh, you uh, didn't notice, uh, know this, um, I pick them from the winners of, of the previous year's contests. So um, Gabrielle Middlebach, she's one of our judges. She took third, first place in last year's contest. Uh, Margot Lurie, she won second place in last year's contest. She's our second judge. She's from uh, well, it says she's from New York, but I know she actually just moved uh, moved elsewhere to go to, to enter into an MFA program. So I'm not sure where she is right now. Gabrielle's from LA. And uh, our third judge is PJ Knights of Brunswick, Maine. She is uh, uh, she is um, I'm sorry, she's our third judge. She didn't, didn't take uh, the third position, but she was in the top five last year because the person who took uh, first position last year was not able to uh, enter the contest. So we've got. So that's it. You've got until um, until uh, until Saturday to get your poems in, and it's really a unique contest. Every single person who enters is going to get a prize just for entering. And I'm looking through the list now. Um, I see, um, you know, there's chat books. There are uh, gift certificates to uh, online websites. There's uh, advertising uh, as a prize to, uh, to a website. So if you've got a 
a website or a book that you want to advertise, that could be the prize that you could get. Countless chapbooks, there's spoken word CDs, um, all kinds of things. Um, it's, uh, it's, just, it's really unique. If you enter, even if you score last place, you will 100% win a prize uh, just for entering. Let's see, I've got about 30 seconds. I see the 410 caller called back, but I'm sorry I'm not going to make it to you today because, uh, well, we're, we just don't have time to get your poem in, in in the 30 seconds left in the show. But um, call in next month. We do this every single month, and I'll post the date of next month's show soon. Everything's kind of up in the air on when things are happening because I'm about to have a baby, and that's probably going to take all my time. But uh, the Poetry Superhighway will not end, and these shows will continue, so no worries. So thanks to uh, everyone who called in, Martin from Delray Beach, Florida, Mark from the Central Coast of California, Nicole from Columbus, Nick from New Zealand, Alex from Ontario, and Michaela from Canada as well. Uh, uh, tell your friends, listen to the show in the archive. Thanks for listening to Poetry Superhighway Live, and everyone have a great rest of your day. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.